0: Our reading today comes from maybe two unlikely readings for Advent. Uh, one is from your go-to book of Titus that I'm sure all of y'all turn to, but you should. Titus 2, 11 through 13. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, training us to renounce impiety and worldly passions, And in the present age, to live lives that are self-controlled, upright, and godly. While we wait for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. From Jeremiah 13. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days at the time I will cause a righteous branch to bring, to spring up for David, up for David, and in, shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days Judah will be saved. Jerusalem will live in safety, and this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, I, I get excited at Christmas and for Christmas. Especially when you walk into Sam's and you see the decorations on the 4th of July weekend. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a little too early, isn't it? But I do, I get excited for Christmas. It brings about expectations for us. And we all have expectations. We have expectations for one another. We have expectations for our children. They have expectations for us. We have expectations from our job, from maybe from our spouse, for our spouse. We have expectations certainly for our government. We have expectations for our church. We all have expectations. There are certain expectations that people have also for God. They expect Him to be there when they need Him, but to leave them alone the rest of the time. We expect to have alleviation of all pain and suffering, to right the wrong and punish every evil, to reign only when it's convenient, and then please do away with the humidity the rest of the time. The point is we all have expectations. You cannot deny it. The fact that we're frequently disappointed proves that we have expectations. You can't be disappointed if you didn't set up an expectation. Advent is that season of expectations, of waiting, of hoping. For what? What are we waiting for? What should we expect to receive from God this Christmas. Jeremiah, he's considered, some say, the weeping prophet. Others, I like this term better, the prophet of hope shows us in his statement. The Israelites, you know, had high expectations for God. The Israelites after all were his chosen people and they knew it. They expected that God would always take care of them. That they would live this blessed life. That everything would be good for them. That nothing could hurt them. But they didn't quite live up to God's expectations. You know how it is. God never changes because He's the God of promises. He's the one that remains the same. We move away from Him. And the Israelites had a gift for that. They knew what was going to happen when they did not live what they said they would do. If you go back and read in Chronicles you'll see it. What happened to the ten northern tribes? That was a promise that God had made, and Jeremiah was God's spokesman before and after Babylon, after Jerusalem was destroyed, after the people went into exile. It is Jeremiah's message that maybe dashed the short-term expectations of the Israelites but it gave them long-term hope. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the gracious promise I made to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. You know, throughout the Old Testament, there is one very important thing that you see, and that is God is a God of His promises. He made promises. He kept them to real people in real life history. If you don't get anything else out of the Old Testament, read it and get that and let that stay with you. In those days and at that time, I make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. And in those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. Even in the darkness and the hopelessness of exile in Babylon, you had true, faithful believers like Daniel and Esther, who believed a descendant of David, just as God promised, would deliver them. Even though that temple lay in ruin, and literally their king was in chains, they believed that one day when Judah would be delivered and Jerusalem would live in peace and safety. They longed for that. They waited for that. They hoped for that. They expected it. You know, it took 70 years. If you know the story, it took 70 years till finally Cyrus made a decree and they were free to return to Judah. To rebuild Jerusalem and the temple. Because God had kept his promise. Things they thought would go back just the same. Back to the glory days. The old people who remembered the time before exile and captivity in Babylon. Said it's just not the same. They wept for those glory days. And actually, it wasn't the days that they remembered as it was before. Everything had been destroyed. The Ark of the Covenant had been lost or destroyed. We still wonder exactly what happened to that. They were occupied first by Persia, then by Greece, and then by the Roman Empire. Things weren't the way they remembered them. But even then, those who were faithful in Israel never forgot the words of the prophet of hope, Jeremiah. The promise of a righteous king out of the house of David to do what was just and right, bring salvation from the oppressors. They remembered the promise and looked forward in hope Always expecting something greater. You know, over the years, various Messiah-like type people, figures, came and went, arose and attempted to liberate Jerusalem and Israel, to restore it to the way it was, but they never did. They never accomplished that. And then... One year, a week before Passover, the most unexpected candidate, Jesus of Nazareth, and his band of ragtag followers, riding on a borrowed donkey, came into Jerusalem. The people were thrilled. Here was their king. They shouted, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. We celebrate that on Palm Sunday, don't we? We still do. You know what? They were right. Because every prophecy he fulfilled and miracle that he had performed and they had heard about him, they knew about him, proved that he was the one. the righteous branch from David's line. What did they expect of Jesus? What were they really hoping for? But they had always hoped for. The restoration of Israel. Liberation from the Roman Empire. A descendant of David on the throne. Glory restored to the temple. That's exactly what Jesus brought. But just not in the way that they had expected. He came to do justice for their sins. And by the way, ours. To be righteous in ways that we cannot and never will be able to do. He came to carry out a great exchange our sins for his righteousness. He came to be our substitute. The king Israel really needed. The one born in Bethlehem only to die for our sin on Calvary. He came to launch a holy war. The one that they expected was not what they were going to get. He came to launch a holy war against sin and death. The powers of hell that threatened to destroy us eternally. Jesus came to save Israel. Not by ruling on a throne, but by dying on a cross. In Jesus, God once again has kept his promise. Is that what you expect of Jesus? Is that what you're hoping to receive from him? Are you longing, waiting, hoping for the kind of king who was born in a stable, eats and drinks with the very worst of the worst, washes, the dirty feet of his disciples, ride not on a donkey that he owned, but one that he had to borrow, carries his own cross to a hill to bleed and die for you. Does he meet your expectations? Because this is the kind of king the world expects and demands, and they just didn't know it still don't know it. The king who offers free forgiveness and peace with God, the world rejects. They're looking more for the person that's going to give them a two-for-one pumpkin latte at Starbucks. This is the kind of king that we should have been expecting what happens to us is false expectations leak into our lives. Maybe it's not so much that we were expecting a conquering hero type. But often we expect Jesus to fix our short term problems. This time of the year we expect Jesus to help that UPS man find our house and get our gifts here on time. We expect him to make sure we're happy. If that is what you are expecting, prepare yourself to be disappointed this Christmas. That king isn't coming. Because that isn't the king of God's promises if you expected to receive what God promised, a king out of the house of David who will do what is just and right, who will suffer on the cross for your sins, who still brings these amazing gifts to you in humble ways through the word and the water, the bread and the wine then prepare to receive much more than you ever expected. Because a Savior is God's Christmas gift to each one of us. He is the King God sends us. And He is the King we need right now. Not because He's coming to change our current circumstances. Because He will make the Christmas lights shine a little brighter. He'll keep your Christmas tree up a little longer instead of it keep falling over and over. I say that from personal experience. He comes to do something even more amazing and necessary. He comes to change you. He comes to save you, to give you a new name and a place in God's eternal kingdom. In Revelation 21 and in the New Testament a lot, Jerusalem is the name given to the Christian church, to all believers, everywhere. That's how they refer to it, but the translation is just a little misleading. It really reads, this is the name by which she will be called. That's the pronoun they give to the church. She. That is because she is the bride of Christ. And the church takes the name of her bridegroom. The Lord, our righteousness. And more importantly, that is the name God gave you. When you were a believer, when you were baptized into the family of God, when you professed your belief, you were called into the priesthood of believers. We are, each one of us, a part of the family of God. We need this king because we desperately need a gift that only he can give us. And that is perfect righteousness. And that's the good news. And it's better than any gift under your tree. The good news is better than we could ever have the right to expect. Righteousness. The perfect life and thought, word, and deed. That is what God expects, God demands from us. And it is not something we can do for ourselves. It is something that Jesus does for us. It is not something you can earn. It is something that is freely given to us. It is something he gives, really something freely offered, not based on that list of who's naughty or who's nice. We expect to have to do what Jesus has already done for us. We expect that we have to earn it, prove ourselves worthy of an eternal life. He earned that for us. He paid the price for us and makes us worthy. Jesus is the Lord. Through faith, His name is our name. His righteousness is our righteousness. Expect Jesus to change you, to give you a name that you cannot and could never earn. And you will not be disappointed This Christmas. Advent is a season of great expectations and hope, of watchful waiting, and like Israel, waiting and watching for the Savior God promised. Once he came in a manger in Bethlehem, riding on a donkey into Jerusalem for our sins. To win our righteousness. Now he comes to you in water in the word, and on this day he comes to you in the bread and the wine to give you his righteousness. One day he will come in power and glory to raise all of us to the eternal righteousness. Expect him. Place your hope in Him, because He always, always exceeds our expectations. Amen.